Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is Mitch Friedman, your host, joined by Jeff Olson. We are broadcasting from beautiful Lago Vista, Texas. And today I want to ask a question of everyone out there in listener land. Uh, You all probably live in Western culture. And I want you to either affirm or deny these basic tenets that drive your life. Uh, There's seven of them. Number one is equality, that you believe in equal moral status of every member of the human race. Equality. We believe in the equal moral status of every member of the human family. The second is compassion. We believe that a society should be judged by the way it treats its weakest members. Agree or disagree? compassion. We believe a society should be judged by the way it treats its weakest members. The third characteristic, agree or disagree, on consent. We believe that the powerful have no right to force themselves on others who don't hold as much power. Consent. We believe that the powerful have no right to force themselves on others who are less powerful. The fourth characteristic, agree or disagree, education or enlightenment. We believe in education for all and in its power to transform a society. Education or enlightenment. That education should be available for all, knowing that its power can transform a society. The next characteristic, number five, science. We believe in science and its ability to help us understand the natural world and therefore to improve our lives. We believe that science has the ability to understand the natural world and improve our lives. Number six, we believe that people are not property and that each of us should be in control of our own choices. That is the freedom characteristic. Freedom. We believe that persons are not the property of others, and each of us should be in control of our own decisions. And finally, progress. We believe in moral improvement over time, and that we must continue to reform society of former and current ills. Former and current evils. Progress. We believe in moral improvement over time and that we must continue to fight to reform society of its former and current ills and evils. Seven components. How many of them do you agree with as important to a flourishing life? Well, if you're like most of us in the West, by survey, you would say yes with a hearty exclamation point to each one of those characteristics for living a flourishing life. Now, how many of you are Christians? 
How many of you know people who aren't Christians? How many of you know people who are hostile to Christianity? All three of those groups are among the ones who gave hearty consent to all seven of these flourishing characteristics. Now, how can that be? That can be because of what we know as the Jesus revolution in history that happened over 2,000 years ago. And I'm going to use a metaphor for the rest of our time together, and we're going to have a little do-it-yourself conversation about this metaphor. So, the reason that almost every one of us agree that these seven characteristics are necessary for a flourishing life is that we have been influenced by and nourished by the Jesus revolution, where a man in a backwater country in the ancient Near East was crucified on a cruel cross, the sign given to those that were the most debased and worthless in society, placed on that cross, and then historically proven to be resurrected, a tree was planted that has now influenced every category that I mentioned previously to hold these as characteristics of a flourishing society. So the tree that we're using as our metaphor is God's grand story, the Bible, in which Jesus is seen as its central character. And in Jesus's coming, he now flipped the script on the history of all cultures and civilizations to that point. All cultures and civilizations characterized by brutality the powerful utilizing the powerless for their own purposes, which just expressed our natural inclinations for powerful dehumanizing brutality. That is the nature of man. If you look at your biblical worldview, you see that in the reality of the fall. But in Jesus's arrival, in the God's grand story of this life-giving tree, we now have a life-giving moral framework for human flourishing. And in this tree, there are now branches which now illustrate the spread of this supernatural consensus on human flourishing. Now, if you're someone who doesn't believe in the supernatural, I want to challenge you on that note when I say that the branches of this tree are the supernatural consensus, all these seven characteristics on human flourishing. The reason I say supernatural is because they go against our natural inclinations not to be compassionate not to see all people made in the image of God, not to see all people as free, uh, not to see progress as something that must be continued as to moral reform. So that's why I use the term supernatural when we talk about the branches of this tree. So the supernatural consensus, which is the air that you breathe if you live in the West, the Western Hemisphere, Western Europe, is because of the Jesus story rooted in God's grand story, which is the tree of life-giving moral frameworks for human flourishing. So now, if you look at what's happening in culture today in the West, you will see a do-it-yourself on how to fall out of a tree. So that's the title of this episode, How to Fall Out of a Tree. Step one, have you ever fallen out of a tree? Jeff, have you fallen out? I imagine you fell out because of an accident, because you thought you could attain some next branch and you slipped and went splat. I've fallen out of so many trees I can't count. 
But this is the intentional descent from a tree in rapid fashion. How to fall out of a tree. First, shimmy up the tree trunk to a sturdy branch. Secondly, climb out on that branch uh, about four feet out. Third, ask for an 18-inch handsaw. Fourth, now begin sawing the branch with that 18-inch handsaw at a location between you and the tree trunk. Fifth, the more you saw, the weaker the branch, the tree remains the same. The weaker the branch as you take another stroke of the saw until finally you fall. This is the condition we find ourselves in in Western culture and particularly in our country today. Uh, we were formed with the understanding of the providence of God's grand story. Uh, the Jesus revolution that flipped the script on brutal, hierarchical, power-driven dynamics in government and in relationships and demanded equality. Every human being made in the image of God. We hold these truths to be self-evident of compassion, that we were a society formed so that we would be able to care for our weakest members. We were a society formed by the government for the people, by the people, and of the people so that the powerful had no opportunity to force themselves on others. We were a country formed with the knowledge of the importance of education. Every university in the early days of our founding was formed by people who believed in the opportunity given by God, by providence, to give people an education to improve their own lives and to contribute to culture. Science, and this is the big one for many of y'all uh, who believe science and faith are at odds, that God's grand story uh, is somehow uh, now cringing at the reality of science. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. The best science in all of history, the most important discoveries that we've ever made, were all made by people who had this passion to understand how God made the cosmos and this natural world. And therefore, in the discoveries that followed, we could improve medicine, we could improve processes, we could improve understandings of how structural integrity existed in, in buildings and in physics and all kinds of thermodynamics. We were a country founded from God's grand story, believing in freedom, that no person is chattel, no person is property, and each of us has the dignity as image bearers of being able to choose for our own destiny. And finally, progress. We were a nation founded on the belief that as redeemed image bearers, people made in God's image and now redeemed by faith, we could provide the world a moral framework for living inside the beautiful guardrails of God's design and over time be more and more people conform to the image of Christ and more and more life-giving to one another. Now, let me describe for you the saw that we see being applied to the branch of the supernatural covering and care of all of these characteristics. The saw that we see at work in culture 
is our insisting on the benefits of the branch separated from the strength, stability, and nourishment of that tree. Because we all scream for equality and compassion and consent, enlightenment, science, freedom, and progress, but without the transcendent, solid, unchangeable framework provided by the oak, the tree of God's grand story, we have absolutely nothing to root the branch in except our own, again, base inclinations for dehumanizing brutality and a slide once again into tyranny. So to summarize, to use another metaphor, this saw that we continue to apply to this beautiful supernatural branch that is the experiment in ordered liberty in the tree that we're rooted in is that we desire, we insist on the benefits of life in a kingdom with all these characteristics apart from the love and the authority of the king. And so a couple of application points as I close. You may think you're not a believer, but you actually are more of a believer than you'll ever know if you grew up in the West because all of these characteristics are the things you scream for. Progress, freedom, science, enlightenment, consent, compassion, and equality. If those things are in your fabric, then you have been influenced by these supernatural values way more than you understand because if you lived in any other part of the world, in history or in contemporary days, these would not be part of your framework. Therefore, please consider that this is the air that you breathe, and there's only a couple of steps away from understanding your need to plug into the life-giving, moral, flourishing framework of the one who provides life to the branch. He is the great oak, our great God and King. His name is Jesus Christ. Now, this conversation from me was formed in large part by a great new work by author Glenn Scribner. We'll tag him in the show notes. And the title of his work is The Air We Breathe. For The Pinocchio Project, this is Mitch Friedman signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on The Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at pinocchiopod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening. And remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.